Hey, welcome to Steve McGrath's Basecraft. So I'm here on the hosting site for my podcast and I'm just having a look at the um, analytics. And I'm really happy to say that we've had more downloads in January than we had in the whole of November or December. So yeah, it's only two weeks into January. So I'm pretty happy with that. Thanks a lot for all the shares and likes and the support. I really appreciate it. And especially all the messages. Keep messaging me on Instagram, stuff to do with base, the podcast, whatever, drop me a line. And um, I'm looking at the locations where the downloads were from. And it's really interesting to see that 53% of the downloads are from the United States. I didn't expect that. And I have very few downloads in the United Kingdom. So I guess got to get the word out there. But anyway, um, we've also got some people in Spain, Canada, Germany, Australia. But most inter- interestingly, six people are listening in Thailand. So whoever you are listening in Thailand, drop me a line. Let me know what bass players we should check out in Thailand. And uh, yeah, what's the story? How did you find the podcast all the way over there? But um, yeah, it's great to see it growing. And um, if you could just keep subscribing and sharing and liking the episodes, I'd really appreciate that because that's how you support me. And well, you can buy a t-shirt or some merch on my um, Basscraft website or you can drop a donation into my PayPal account. But anyway... On to today's guest. So today we have Paul Del Bello. So Paul is an Italian bass player. Uh, he is the lead singer and bass player in Doberman. They're a class band, real rocking band. He's played over 2,000 shows so far in his career, which is crazy. It's, I can't even think of that. Like you'd have some sore arse from sitting in the van for that many hours on the road. And um, But Paul also runs a YouTube channel and uh, it's called at Paul De Bello. And uh, he, he started out doing a lot of kind of playthroughs of his favorite bands like Kiss and um, some Tin Lizzy and Motley Crue, that kind of stuff. But lately he started making these kind of cool mini documentaries. And uh, I have to say, I'm loving them. I, I'm a total geek for that stuff. I loved all those old shows, classic albums and all that kind of crack. So um, yeah, he's really good at it. He has a good voice for it. And the editing is perfect. And the info he's given out is great. And I think it's doing really well for him because we filmed this before Christmas and I said to him, you've got 20,000 followers. And he said, oh, well, nearly. Well, he has about 21,000 now today, like when I checked. So keep it going, man. You're killing it. But uh, his main gig is with Doberman and they just released a trailer for their new album, which is out this year. So um, I'm putting a link to all Paul's stuff and of course Doberman and the trailer for the new record down below in the description. So be sure to check that out. So we'll just jump in and um, I'll see you soon. I've been loving your YouTube channel though. I, I kind of had a good look at it last night. And, okay. Uh, it's really fun. I love, yeah. I was loving your little mini documentaries. I was thinking. Yeah, I just uh, started I, with it. You know, that's one thing because, you know, I, I, I do a lot of covers, but I, I, I'm getting bored about uh, of doing them, you know, so, but I think people likes it. So like it. So it's going good so far. But the, you did like a few things about like uh, Kiss songs that Gene Simmons didn't play on and stuff. Yeah, that that yeah. was interesting. Yeah, it's, yeah, because I didn't know about it actually, you know, because I, I did this video like there's no bass in the 80s Kiss music, mm. right? And then I made some, re- I did some research and I found out that there's a lot of songs where he's not even playing, you know? So I went, you know, I thought it was interesting because I'm a big Kiss fan, right? Yeah, and yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that, like as in nothing. So it's not that, uh, common knowledge you know 
It's that's kind of crazy, isn't it? That he wouldn't have played bass. On it, the is. Song. it is. It is because you know because he's singing maybe on the song. He wrote the song. He's producing the song. Why don't you want to play bass on it? I think it was just lazy, you know. So got me thinking. Like, um, I don't think Kiss get enough recognition as musicians and songwriters as they deserve. Like, yeah. people they say like, oh, they got the makeup and that was cool, but the songs are are really awesome rock songs. And yeah, play, yeah, I, I love this, especially in the eighties, like because. He was working with the best songwriters at the time. You know, they worked with uh, Desmond Child, of course, Brian Adams, and some more. I can't remember, but yeah, they, you know, they're amazing songwriters, like both of them. You know, so yeah, for me, it's one of my favorite bands. You know, Kiss is like it's been a um, lifelong love. <laughs> Without Kiss, like rock music wouldn't be the same. Because every oh, yeah. time you see like a rock guitarist being interviewed, he'll say, "I saw the Kiss album." And I just had to, I bought it and that got me into guitar. Like th- their influence is massive. It just yeah. reaches so far. It is like Ace Frehley, because th- everybody tells, you know, everybody tells he's not that good of a guitar player, but everybody's influenced by him, you know? So it's like exactly. a, a weird thing, you know? It's like the guy that nobody really likes, but everybody like. So L- yeah. Likes to listen to that. I think you're, are you, you're from Turin, I was reading. Yep, Turin. A small village though, is it? Well, I was born in a small village. Now I live in Turin, but yeah, I was born like in a small village in the mountains. So, yeah. <laughs> what was the rock scene like growing up then? Oh, amazing, man. <laughs> there was no rock scene. like Playing bass to the sheep or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, I hear about bass solo. No, I actually started on guitar. So we had like this cover band, you know, we used to play pubs and, and, and stuff. And then things like moved on from there, you know, to bass and, and a few a few thousands you know uh of gigs down the road so yeah you started yeah. um motor city rags was that kind of, yeah. was that, a, that was a rock band was it <laughs> it was yeah it was like a punk rock band but you know it was singing also so that was like my first you know original um original band you know because before that was just covers so yeah we got you know that got me some experience because i started really you know um booking dates and and booking tours because we actually toured in germany and you know so that's that's how we got started like a few years we didn't really do nothing you know because we recorded a couple of cds but it was just local you know mm. local stuff local, local crowds so but yeah it was the i guess you know the, the start of it <laughs> yeah exactly yeah uh, what made you start singing because you weren't singing before this band <laughs> what made you think I- i'm going to take because bass and singing is difficult it's a difficult oh, man, combo it's, like it's so difficult well the thing is like i was I, I didn't really know I could sing. Well, I couldn't sing back then, you know, but I wanted to try because I, I, that was after after hearing Motorhead, actually. Because, you know, I heard that album, that band, I said, whoa, I can do this, you know. I want to do this. So we started, it was that kind of band, like really fast and, and you know, kind of punky. So, yeah, but it's been like a long time before I really started, got really got into singing, you know, so I started taking lessons and, you know, and singing proper, which I hope I do now. But no, you sound. I, you did. You put up a Tin Lizzy cover, cover recently. It was sounding great. Like it was kind of. Oh a, yeah, a yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a big, I'm big Lizzy fan. Like Phil Lineout, you know, is one of my my heroes. You know. Yeah, actually, you Just, pronounce his name right, but everyone in Ireland pronounces it wrong, including me. I always call him Phil Linnet, but. Lynn, da- it's it's his, Lionel, isn't it? It is, yeah. But we all Lionel. his daughters run the TV recently and they said it's it's Lynet. That's the way he pronounced it himself. But we <laughs> we call him Phil Linnet. I don't know why. His daughter Sarah? I think so, yeah, yeah. Oh, 
yeah, because he he had this song uh, Sarah, you know, it's about a daughter. Yeah, she I noticed that. Yeah, the video. Yeah, okay. really nice song, kind of a nice acoustic guitar oh, part. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, it was it was a very good songwriter. Unbelievable, like simple, that, but like you know. Is that why you have the reflective bass, uh, the scratch guard? <laughs> it on, is. Is that a yeah. tribute to Philo? Well, it is. Yeah, I also have a P bass. That's you know, this like a 1982. Which is it's not the same he used, but it's you know the kind of of, of bass. But yeah, I put um, the mirror pick guard on the jazz bass. Yeah, that's for that's for because of Thin Lizzy. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I, I saw his signature model. It's like ten thousand euros. What? <laughs> so, something like that. The Fender brought it out this year, so um, I'm going to buy a Harley a, Benton for like a hundred euros. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a brand new. Like they actually made it just this year. Yeah. Fender Precision. Okay. With the mirror pick guard and everything fill in yeah, it. Ten, ca- ten case. grand. Like, come on, please. I know. Yeah. So yeah, I just make a fake version. I wouldn't like you. Just get the screen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you should try sell that one for ten grand. You know, I would buy it. Yeah, I'll start put put them on eBay. Yeah, this is the real yeah. deal. And I'll make my own certificate. No, but you only play Fenders, though. I noticed from watching your channel, you don't have any other type of bass. No, no, I have a jazz bass, uh, a P bass, and I also have a Japanese jazz special. But yeah, that's all. Like I tried, um, I tried to play a Thunderbird and a Music Man back then, but I don't know, just. I mean, it's cool for one night, you know, it's good for one gig or for one song. I actually did play some other basses in the songs because, you know, maybe in the studio, you know, there's a few basses around and I like to try like Rick and Baker, you know, but it's just, I don't know, it's just because uh, also I have like very small hands and for some really? reason, yeah, they, you can't see that now, but, you know, for a bass player, I have like small hands. Look, yeah. You know. So, <laughs> I have massive hands. I can even do that dislocated thumb thing that Jack can <laughs> yeah. do. Not that I yeah. can play like him, but I can dislocate my thumbs. I can't do that. So I need like a jazz bass for the fast parts and a yeah. bass. And you had to like you know, uh, when you need the bigger sound. So, but I'm also I'm not really I don't like to collect stuff. Yeah, I'm the same. Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, I'm saying have, that with a wall of bass. <laughs> I'm the same. I only have 25, but I don't like to collect. <laughs> Everyone freaks out when they see the wall of bases, but that's it. That's the entire collection. They're just yeah. all on the wall. Wait, you have a few fenders, I see. You have a yeah, yeah. Uh, I've yeah, three, a few fenders and a few just knockoff fake ones. You know that okay. I picked up. Like, people give me broken instruments all the time because they know I like to fiddle around as a hobby. So they're well, they're you, like you fix you fix them just for fun. Yeah, like okay. the Rory Gallagher one you can see hanging up. That okay. I made. I, I, that was one I did, and my friend did the art on it like oh, wow. so, so oh my. I'm, I'm always just messing around with so people go oh, i got this broken bass do you want it for free and i'm like yep yeah. and yeah, i just have go. loads of them <laughs> i like to fix stuff yeah i don't i don't think you need an expensive bass to get a good sound like just no, decent pickups don't. really like i actually used a, a mexican p bass for years like you know and it, it was just fine i just it's more the hand i think you know if you if you have a good hand oh, I think it's easier, probably like American instruments. They feel like easier to play, and they have a slightly better sound when recording. You you mm. can hear that when you're recording. But like with modern technology, I mean, you can make any any crap bass sound decent, you know. And yeah. live, there's no, you know, it's there's not that that much of a difference between a good bass and actual like, you know. I'd no, not really. I, I, my main bass is always in the van with the band. And I've only had it at home now because of lo- of the whole situation, and I realize how noisy it is. Like, there's no, it's just yeah. making all these crazy buzzes and feedback. And I'm like, oh, I never heard them with all the gigs I've been yeah. doing. 
you hear in the headphones you do oh whoa what's up you know, yeah man. this this is bad how did the new record go with um doberman how did the recording go oh uh, we're very happy i'm very happy with the result with work with this um alessandro del vecchio producer guy which is a kind of renowned guy for aor aor you know and uh, melodic rock so we did a really good job we tried to keep it as live as real as possible so there's not that many overdubs like in the previous records there's no triggers on the snare and the, and oh, the yeah. kick so yeah so we're going for a kind of a um raw mm. sound and see how it goes but we are very happy with the result i don't know when it's coming out yet because it you know it's it's hard to make plans but it'd be um sometime around i think springtime or late spring or early cool. summer 21 so yeah. And was it your last record? Was it was the third? Was that the last record for Doberman? Was the first one in English, or have you done? Yeah, a few? yeah. Well, we did like we did actually. We recorded two albums in Italian, 2012 and 14, and then we recorded like an EP in English. And then we recorded this uh, Pure Breed was 2017. Yeah, that's a full first full length in in English, you know. So yeah. Why did you feel that you wanted to change to singing in English? Just because it sounds more like the rock bands you grew up on or no not really it's not it's well because I, I was like i want to re- i really wanted to do something in italian because it hasn't been that kind of rock in italian hasn't been done yet you know yeah but yeah we did these two albums and then we realized that we kind of wanted to really move on and you know get out of italy because you know if you sing in italian there's only that much you can do you know yeah. and italy's small and we didn't really you know uh we didn't make like a major success so yeah we we decided to write because i always um i always write in english and italian so you know we had songs you know we just say okay let's go let's do a um an ep in english and you know go play england that's what we did yeah so we needed a record to 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 go with it so and then things moved on and now we're you know we stick with english because so does your brain think in italian or english like when the li- <laughs> uh, for the inception of the lyrics kind of no, it's both, you know, because sometimes I like, I I think when you write the lyrics, a lyric is just, it, it's a sparkle that counts. You, know? yeah. you have an idea that's like a snippet, you know, mm-hmm. like a very, like a title or an idea. Sometimes it's in English, sometimes it's in Italian because I, you know, the, it's unpredictable. It just come to you, you know, I, I don't sit there with a, you know, with a notepad, with a note, notepad and say, oh, now I have to write a song, you know. Yeah. When you come, they come and then you have to be ready to to get them so yeah is it the riffs first or just whatever comes into your head first it's whatever comes like it can be a riff or a, or a bass line or a, or, a, or a drum beat or or lyrics first like this album i had a lot of lyrics before the music you know because we've been it's been three years without recording we just we've just been on the road all the time so i had time to write a lot of stuff so mm. for this album we had some lyrics before and then we added the music and vice versa. So it's, it's different. Every song, it's different. There's no like, you know. I've, I actually came across you while I was on tour with my own band um, in in Spain. I saw your po- Doberman really? posters. Oh, you must have been touring around the same time. I can't remember. Kangas maybe? You know the venue in oh, Kangas? Oh, Salason. Yeah, Salason, yeah. Kangas. Yeah. Yeah, so oh, do- yeah, yeah, we, we, yeah, we do. I, I check also you, you played in the UK. We do more or less the same. Same, same circuit. You know, same venues, yeah, same circuit. And the Spanish was a really good one, you know. They, they have good venues down there. Yeah, really. They're great. They're good. They're brilliant fans yeah. of music. They love it. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So did you? Uh, how long? How long have you been touring Spain for? Uh, I think we've been going there for like four years, four or five years, okay. and we we usually go for two weeks, sometimes three weeks. Wow. But Ireland is tiny, so the distances are crazy for us, like seven or eight hour drives. Like it's brutal, like, you know, yeah, brutal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you had to like, you play like really late, like, you know, short yeah. time, one o'clock, like, come on, you know. No, even worse than that, you get there at like 10 or, and you're ready to play and they're like, OK, guys, and din- <laughs> dinner will be served at 1 a.m. Yeah. tonight. <laughs> like, yeah, let's go for dinner. I can't eat dinner this time. Come on. Yeah, man. Spain is like it, it was my favorite country to tour, you know. I just love it just love it yeah i do too it, they, they're really into it like they just love they treat the way i always say it is they treat every band as if acdc are coming yes. to town yeah yeah it's and they, they have also a very good um they have a very big scene of rock music in in spanish you know in they have like really big bands and they have like a good scene of, of bands um you know playing rock and singing actually in spanish so, yeah, they have a really yeah. good punk scene, I think, and Stoner also, Rock. Also, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very very popular. You know, rock and punk music is just very popular. That's great. Yeah, it's not the same here anymore. Like, that that would have died a lot. It's got it's a lot smaller, the rock scene in Ireland than, really? than Spain. But uh, what was I thinking? Um, oh, yeah, you well, the Doberman Project, did you do that after Adam Bomb? Was that kind of your, after you finished with the Adam Bomb thing? Was that the well, project after? I was already thinking about like kind of living, you know, so I was, I was writing music already. So it was kind of uh, a crossfade, you know? So mm. I was, I left Adam Bomb and I had the band already going. Cause when I wasn't touring with him, I was playing a recording with Doberman, but yeah, more or less I left one and, and started with the other. Well, you did a lot of shows like in that, was it six years with Adam Bomb? Like, man, yeah, it was six so years, yeah, six years straight, and then I did some more, like two years more, like later in 2014 or 15, but yeah, like six years straight, like 250 shows a year. It was like that's crazy, crazy. Oh, yeah, it was, but you can't do that anymore now, no, you just can't now. But, but back then, you could do it. We, we actually did a, a hundred days, 100 gigs in 100 mm. days tour in 2007, so. Yeah, you, you could do re- it. You, could, you look really you could... good for a guy who played that many shows. <laughs> you shouldn't be like a decrepit old man. Like, yeah, oh, well, I survived know. Adam Bomb. Yeah, I had a lot of repair to do after that because you know it's uh, we we did play Ireland also only once, like four or five shows. But I can't remember. We played Cork. I'm sure we played Cork. I can't remember the venue, but yeah. And I, I noticed you kept losing drummers, so obviously the drummers couldn't <laughs> hack it. They couldn't handle it. No, it, it it's just I don't know. It was just a loop, you know. Like they, they just came in and they were enthusiastic for the first like three <laughs> months, and then they just started, you know, losing it. And after a year, they, they were and also most of them they just walked away in the middle of the tour, you know. They just left us high and dry, you know. From one day to the other, there's no drama. You have a festival to do, so we were kind of used to it, and we were like joking around, you know. One, once, like a drummer just walked away three days before the the biggest gig. They, what was wrong with them? They just couldn't hack it anymore. I don't know, man. It's drummers. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but he just left. So we had like three days to go and no drummer and the big the biggest festival of the year. So, but yeah, it was normal back then. I say, okay, no problem. We we'll get somebody, and we did, and we we actually played a festival, and it was great. So you know. <laughs> Were you like burning the candle at both ends? Were you playing music and partying? Maybe that's why the drummers were like, oh man, I can't do this. Not really. Well, I think it was just, um, you know, playing in that kind type of band with this circuit, you know, 
it it's really so burns hard. you out. Yeah, it burns it's so you out. Hard. Yeah, it's if you hard. have about an hour a day to yourself, not if you're lucky, but usually you don't. You just get up, drive for eight hours, go yeah. again every day. Yeah, and it's not like you're playing stadiums, you know, mm. and you don't have a packed house every night. So you really have to love it. You need to love it because otherwise, after a while, it's just you know, you just go crazy. You know, it's you you. It's like being in jail, you know, you have to play every day and you end up hating it. So yeah. I think that, that was the reason because they all left in the end. But yeah, now I'm very happy with uh, with Antonio, our Doberman drummer now. So <laughs> he, hopefully he doesn't walk away. <laughs> no, no. I think, you know, it, we have a special connection. Well, all the three of us, but especially with him, because, you know, we've been playing together so long that, you know, sometimes during a song, because I'm singing, so I don't really, I don't watch it, you know, the watch what's going on. I decide to change something, you know, and he just, he knows. Yeah. And Telepa- vice versa, telepa- you know. Telepathic. Just... It's, tel- it's telepathic, yeah. It's unbelievable. You know? That's brilliant. It is, uh, yeah. Is, and do you think you'll keep doing that three men in a van thing? Or would you like to get a splitter van and a sound <laughs> engineer and a driver and be able to have a nap and all that? Oh, man. I'd love to have a driver, I'd love to have a sound <laughs> engineer, and I'd love to have a sprinter, yeah, Mercedes, but yeah. <laughs> I thought Can't you were just for doing, now. I thought you just kept doing that because it's rock and roll. You know? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is, but you know, it's. I'm it's a millionaire, okay. but I'm still going three men. Yeah, just you know, just for the fun, you know, just to keep you real, man. Keep it on the road. <laughs> yeah, keep it real, but you'll keep losing drummers if you've just. Three <laughs> <of them. laughs> well, we see because now we haven't seen each other for like two months because we've been in lockdown since end of October. So we speak on on you know on Skype and WhatsApp. The other guys don't live in Turin, do they? No, we we all live in Turin, but it's like we you know we don't live nearby, so we haven't seen each other in a while. But yeah, but you are uh, Doberman are really busy gigging, like as busy as you are in the the last project, like. Well, more or less, like we don't gig that much because first of all, it's it's harder because now it's mm. it's much harder to get gigs, you know, to get like decent gigs. Yeah, well, you could do a lot so, of gigs, but they wouldn't be brilliant gigs. You're doing the good gigs, you know. You, you could do 200 yeah. gigs, but some of them could be no, we, we, no, we could, I don't think you can do 200 gigs mm. nowadays. Like it's, I think it's unless you're like a, you know party band or of function band. I think mm. they're called in the in the in the UK. You know, yeah. unless you do that, I don't think you can do it because there's not, there's not enough venues anymore, you know, and not enough mm. people in this kind of circuit because. You know, down this, there's YouTube and Facebook and Instagram. It's different. Ten years ago was, you know, it was easier. It was more uh, more venues and more people, so it was really easy to book a show, book a tour. So now yeah. we we do okay. You know, we play. We're really busy. We probably do like a hundred shows a year, which is good for our you know for our standard. But we only yeah. take the good gigs. You know, we don't have to to do and and play every day anymore. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, and do you breed fire at every gig or just that special gig? <laughs> <laughs> no, I try to do it every gig. Of course, it depends because if it's like, you know, sometimes ven- um, the owners, the venue owners are like scared, you know. Mm. Oh, man, you're going to burn the place down. And we, might, like, we, we should really let the listeners in on this because they're like, wow, what, what, we're, we're breeding fire now. Yeah, yeah. They're like, you know, what you do? You're breeding fire. I say, yeah, man, it's just fire. No, no, you're going to burn the place down. It's wood. So I had to demonstrate it, take a light, and I say, "Look, man, it's not burning, you know, it's not, it's not gasoline." So you know, sometimes I do it, sometimes I don't. But like on big stages, yes, and that's the the best, you know, the best shot I get at doing this. <laughs> Is there much preparation involved, like so you don't burn yourself or burn the band? No, not really. It's it used to. I I did experiment a lot over the years. 
I used to do it with, uh, you know, with, <laughs> I actually started doing it with like 90% uh, spirit, you know? Yeah, yeah. 80%. It was just horrible, like dangerous. And it was just, we ended up just drinking it. So <laughs> I, then we moved, I moved to, to what, uh, what was it, like paraffin or, you know, some yeah, lamp yeah. oil. Yeah. And then I tried different things. And now I, I have like a secret, you know, mix that I'm really happy with. And you just need to be, you know what you're doing, you know? So, but I, I, I did it so many times and zero, almost zero accidents so far. So <laughs> how did the cr crowds react to that? Are they like shocked? They love it. They love it. It's just, it. yeah, especially <laughs> in the small place. Could he, cause it, it's really warm, you know, for a second, it really goes boom. That's like cool. a flash of light and it's like it's warm so if they're close <laughs> they can they can feel it they're like oh, oh. so yeah it's that's my like you know I say the, the safety officers would be shitting themselves they'd be like oh no. yeah <laughs> yeah no but i, I can't I, I i try you know i i keep people away so you know we don't i i don't fuck up with that you know i, I mean i don't fuck around i just that make sure it's it's safe so so far so good. though that's awesome <laughs> But uh, I, you were on your YouTube channel. You've started covering uh, theory a good bit lately. Like started you, covering what? Sorry, you, uh, musical theory a lot. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And you were telling me before we came on that you were kind of late in life to understand music oh, theory, well, which I yeah, found well, very interesting. Yeah, well, it is actually. It's it's very interesting because you know I until like three years ago, like I did like ten albums. And like 2000 shows and i i swear to god i didn't know the difference between a major and a minor scale <laughs> i knew there was an a major and an a minor chord yeah. i knew how to play them but i didn't know what that what that, the third the root was you know mm. i had no idea and i was trying for like two years you know to study music i bought a book and i was practicing you know the scale the major scale the modes but i was really getting it, it was just mm. it was just mindless practicing you know just and then one night it was my birthday and I, I got um, my girlfriend, she got me, she bought me some weed, you know, as a present. So when, when I smoke, I, I become really, you know, with the music, I really hear every instrument, you know, it's a yeah. special state of mind. So I go home and start smoking and I, and I stumble into some video of some kid, you know, on YouTube. And he was like explaining uh, how one of ACDC's secrets is, uh, is the use of the Mixolydian scale, you know. And I remember he had this, this footage of um, a cupcake with a lot of frosting on top. And he said, this is like a major scale. If you wanna, you know, take off some, some of the sweetness, you know, and he was taking off the frosting, just change the one note, you know, and I, there was like a moment of clarity, you know, <laughs> it just hit the spot. And all of a sudden, I, all of a sudden I understood scales, chords, modes, stuff that I was practicing without knowing, mm. knowing what it was, you know? So that night I understood how music works, basically. I yeah. no, still know nothing, but now I know, I mean, I know how it works. So it really opened up a, a world for me, so. Now you're yeah. putting up some good stuff on your channel, like some licks in the Dorian Thanks, mode yeah. or things. Yeah. And you did, you did like an, is it Aria? Ariana Grande song, your own vert. You, was it reharmonized? That's the word I'm thinking of. No, it wasn't reharmonized. I just took took the isolated track of the vocals, mm. you know, and I just changed the chords within the key because the mm. song is built with a with a major melody over minor chords, you know. Mm. And I just used the major chords of the same key, and it's a completely different song. And that that's the kind of stuff that I 
I, uh, you know, I would have needed back then to understand. So I made it because maybe there's somebody, you know, in my same position, uh, position you know, because it's, it's, it's easy once you got it. But like before that yeah. is like rocket science, you know, but I, I agree for me. I agree with you though. There's a lot of bass players out there who are probably practicing all the shapes of the modes up and yeah. down the neck. But if they don't mean anything musically to you, there's no point doing it because it's, it's exactly. you're just running scales and yeah. it'll never sink in or make you know you won't make music with it or use it. Yeah, it's it's all about context, isn't it? Mm. If you don't if you don't get that that thing, it's gonna be hard to to yeah to use them like you know knowing what you're doing because now I can I kind of know you know what I'm doing. I know that it's like having different colors of your palette, you know. Mm. Before I had only one, and now I have like you know twelve. <laughs> and and do you, do you teach at all? Do you teach bass? It's just not my thing. I had a few people asking for it, but it's just not my. I don't have the patience to do it, and also, I don't think I'm qualified enough to do it. You know. Uh, I think two thousand shows is qualification. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can teach how to book a tour, how to drive a van, how to call the you know the recovery vehicle. How to escape the police? Yes, but then I have like, a, you know. But I, I'm I don't think I'm I'm qualified enough to teach music because it's it's a very difficult thing, especially if you have young kids. You know, you want to do it right because I have to disagree. I disagree with you, hundred percent. There, you do. I, you're you're <laughs> totally qualified. You totally are. You think so? Oh, definitely. There's there's people who are too academic at music, make terrible teachers. Someone really? who can explain. The Mixolydian scale using an ACDC song. That's the teachers we need. <laughs> that exactly. That's a guy where here's your endorsement. It's called Signals Music Studio. So if you're a bass player and you're stuck with music theory, go check it out because it's amazing. Thank you again. Jake Lizio. What's and his name? Paul is? will be give, we might do lessons <laughs> someday. Yes. Someday. For tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Hit him up. Hit me up. Have you how have you found the YouTube community? Because you have a, a good a really You've like twenty thousand people following on your channel, like that. Yeah, almost. That's yeah. A, a good channel, a decent following. It is, and really, it all like I started doing covers a few years ago, you know, just for fun, and then I started to to I decided once to let's put a tab, you know, tablature under yeah. under the song, and then after like six months, just the thing is that YouTube just decides to help you out. It just started showing my video, recommending my video. So for one day, I, I, I go to bed, I have like 100 subscribers. I wake up and I have like 1,500. And really? So, you know, what's good? Yeah, yeah, that's how it worked. That's, a, that's what happened. And after that, I started, it's easier, you know, because it's, mm. the, I, the I don't know exactly. Yeah, it's the algorithm, exactly. But I know from my experience that one day, I mean, your job as a YouTuber, you just need to do consistently mm. good quality videos. Eventually, YouTube will get you there because that—that's how it works. And have any opportunities come from your YouTube channel? Uh, what do you mean? Opportunities like you know, oh, get, yeah. is people yeah. asking you to play on their songs or to use your music or anything like that? Um, well, one, not really. Only once I actually got an email. I wake up one morning. There's like an email from somebody with uh, at bbc.co.uk, and I say, "What the hell?" You know. <laughs> And she, it was actually some some person from BBC, and they were asking if they could use one of my, um, I think it was like the Clashes, Magnificent Seven, you know, the isolated bass uh, mm. track, because I had I had made a video of that riff, and they wanted to use it because they were putting together an audio documentary 
you know, for, for Spotify, produced by BBC and narrated by Chuck D, the singer of Public Enemy. Yeah. So cool. it was like, yeah, of course, you know, you can use <laughs> it. Class. So yeah, that's, I don't know if they, if they did, give, I say, please give me credits. I don't know if they did, but you know, it's great anyway. I think you should. I, I really enjoyed your documentaries. I'd love to see more of that content coming up. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna do more. I'm gonna. I'm actually working on a on a video on Nikki Six. You know, because oh, I have yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people asking for it. And there's nothing on YouTube about his bass style, also, because he he's a very simple. You know, mm. he plays very simple. Yeah. But there's a few moves that he like really likes to do. You know, so <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, he is fairly self-deprecating when it comes to his own bass playing. He makes fun of his own bass playing. He's like, oh, yeah. He yeah. says, I'm I, not even a musician sometimes. I don't understand. It's like everybody, everybody says that he's a bad bass player. But, you know, he's not the best bass player. He's a bit sloppy sometimes. But, yeah. you know, who cares, man? Like, you know, people say that Cliff Williams of ACDC is great. But they all play, you know, wrote all the time. Yeah. I don't see that, that big of a difference. I don't know why he's so hate, hated between, you know, in the bass players community. I don't. Yeah. Well. Yeah. He. Hey. Put out your video and give give your case to why Nikki Six deserves some respect. Yeah. Just pay some respect to the man. Yeah. <laughs> and he wrote, he's an amazing songwriter. Like. Yeah. Know, the song. They 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 wrote some classic hits. Like yeah, you know. Yeah. And do those videos take a long time to with the research and the editing? Well. It, yeah. I mean, it takes like a couple of days. One day depends because also you have to do a research and then you have yeah exactly the editing and you know you have to check everything so it's well done so it's like one day or two days but you know I just started and I'm, I I I like it so you know I don't I do it I'm happy to do it. You don't find it stressful at all the this making the videos sometimes when they take no, ages. No. no, I don't. I'm getting kind of good at it because I've been doing videos for like. I think 10 years, you know, editing. Besides that, I also did some video clips and some lyrics video, lyric videos. So I'm, I'm kind of getting, um, I'm kind of used to use, uh, you know, um, video editing software. So it's not, no, I don't, I don't find it stressful. I mean, I can live with it. I'm You're a lot more like, chilled out than me because some days I'm just like, I just want to catch the iMac and just throw it out the door. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I, have to, I have to. What do you use to, to do, to make videos? Uh, I'm just using um, Final Cut Pro and... Okay. a mac like so I only, okay. I only got that this year so there's a lot more options in it than what i used to use yeah yeah because when you start getting into it it's like you know it's like home recording when you know there's like one plug-in that does a uh, special yeah. thing you want to try them all you know like <laughs> yeah, you that's try the to, worst yeah and they and this the, the you know facebook and everything they're the they know what you're after so mm. they keep you know oh let's try this new plug-in you know oh there's a new <laughs> yeah. New reverb, a new snare drum. Like, come on. Yeah, when I got GarageBand first, I made a demo, like, and I thought it was the best thing ever. And I showed it to some of my friends. They're like, uh, yeah, it, it might be too much keyboards. It's like all the plugins were on, like, <laughs> <laughs> making these crazy sounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, sometimes less is more, like. It is, it is, it is. That's what I was about to say that, yeah. But your bass sounds great on your YouTube channel. The, you were, I Thanks, saw you man. put up your process. It's kind of like three layers of bass sometimes. Yeah, well, that's something I I, I I used to. I don't do that anymore. I have like more like two layers, one for the low ends and one for the higher frequencies. And then you put them together and then you compress them again. So I don't know. It just sounds better than just one track, you know. But it depends. It's not the same for every. It also depends on, on what I'm, I'm working on because, you know, sometimes it's a, maybe an instrumental song with a distortion on bass. So it changes mm. a little bit. And sometimes one layer is enough. Depends on, on what the bass has to do, you know. Yeah, I, I bounce it to listen to it on my phone usually. 
I use my phone as my studio speakers for those kind really? of videos <laughs> for like an Instagram or something because it's like no one's going to listen to this on headphones so yeah, I may, so I may has, as well yeah. mix it on my phone yeah it has to sound if it sounds good on a phone it sounds good everywhere more or less yeah. you hope so yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's what they tell you, but it's not. They tell you, but you had some uh, interesting things happen in your career because I was reading your bio. Uh, you, you played with Steve Adler once. In I did, I did, yeah. It was, uh, was two thousand six, I think. Um, and I was like, I was playing in a GNR Guns N' Roses tribute, you know, at the time, and they were like my favorite band. Hey, there's a great bass player, Duff. Oh yeah, he's my favorite. He's my my yeah. you know my favorite bass player because he's he, brilliant. Yeah, amazing. Just rock, but he has some some funky, you know, just perfect. So I was playing in a tribute band, you know. And someday I got a phone call from some guy I knew, and he goes like, "Hey, do you want to play with Steven Adler tomorrow?" Prime and I say, "Well, yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, the support, yeah, sure, let's go." And he goes, "No, man, in this band. What do I mean, his band? He had just he, he had fired the whole band because he was he was doing a lot of drugs at the time, so he was a bit out of his mind, yeah. and he needed some Italian musicians to finish off the date, so." I drove through a snowstorm. It took me like eight hours to do 300 miles the day You after, knew all the songs still... already, though. That was the brilliant yeah, thing. Yeah, I was ready. I was ready. I knew all the songs. I, I thought I knew all the songs. So we did this uh, a few gigs in Italy. It was like, you know, a, um, a life-changing experience because I was just a kid, you know, and I was playing with... I actually learned to play bass on Appetite for Destruction. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I didn't even realize what was going on. Sometimes... Yeah. I say, oh yeah, Steven Adler. But you know, think about it. It's like you're, you're one, one of your, your heroes. Yeah. yeah. It was hard to take in at the time to process it. It probably just went so quick. Like. Yeah, yeah. Just did, I didn't realize what was going on. You know, just drove and do these gigs and drove again and and just play in front of a lot of people and you know. There was no time to hang out with him or anything. It was just play the show. Well, and... I have a I have a very good story about that because at the time I wasn't really speaking English. You know. Oh, okay. Yeah, this was a good few years ago. Yeah. 14 years yeah. ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just a little bit. So we were support. There was a support, an American. It was actually Adam Baum supporting. And the bass player was American, you know. And we were supposed to use, the, to use their gear. So I was like talking to the bass player. And I was like, hey, man, can I use your head? Can you, can you give me head? Give me head, please. <laughs> and he goes like, wait, yeah, man, yeah, you can use it. But, you know, don't say that because it's, you know, it refers to something sexual. So. <laughs> He's like, these Italian bass players are very forward. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he wants head, you know. <laughs> he did, all Americans think we're sex crazy in Europe anyway. So they're like, oh, yeah. those Europeans, you know. Yeah, yeah, giving yeah. Head I, don't to know. Everyone. I don't know what's that. Yeah, but that that's crazy, and that was it. Then that was you never heard from Steven Adler again. It was just that, no, never that, again. No, it was just like a few, like two or three gigs in Italy. No, it was two gigs, two gigs in Italy. So no, I never heard from him again. I think he never really toured again after that because he was like, you know, I think it was his last, uh, you know, uh, decent tour in uh, in Italy or Europe because I know he played South America. And then, but I don't know. I don't know. I haven't really, you know, kept up with, yeah. with uh, Steve. But yeah, it was a good, a good moment for me. You know, and that's how you met Adam Baum. That's how you you started your relationship. Kinda, cause yeah. yeah, it was like a few months after I was supporting him with my band, with Motor City Brags, and you know, he saw us playing. It was like a Monday night, you know, three hundred miles from home, no money, bring all the gear. We we were just, you know, we were just playing every gig we could, and there you go, you know, we got the gig, and me and the drummer we left with with him and never came home again. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> that that's what happened. 
and you even toured in america with adam as well and did yeah some... we, we, we did like um we went to new york to record an album in 2011 yeah 2011 we spent that uh, like a couple of months and we did a few shows so it was not an actual tour but we did play a few gigs in the new york um area we also played the irving plaza which is a very cool venue mm. so that's awesome yeah. getting to go I mean, i've been to new york it's great you awesome have city yeah i was in the music shop no there used to be a whole street of music shops i, th- I don't think they're there anymore now manny's yeah. and the ones Jimi hendrix and people use shop in like yeah man when was that when did you go there oh god i say it was around 2007 or okay. <laughs> a long time oh, yeah. ago long time. so are you a la kind of guy or a new york kind of guy <laughs> i don't even know what that means so i'm probably a new york kind of guy yeah because normally if you'd like new york you hate la and vice yeah, versa so. i'll have to go to la to see like okay the, i'm an most... la kind of guy really yeah. yeah new york is just too too chaotic man it, just finding a parking spot you know yeah <sighs> man like too much too much all the time it, it never stops you know well you gotta and go everything... to austin that's a great city for in texas America. Uh, texas austin texas the rest of texas is different austin is okay kinda, its own vibe okay so you've you've been there for like a long time or what no just for a week like i was there and they, it's a really good live music city they even have like parking spaces in front of all the venues for musicians wow. Whoa. so that really they can load for in musicians here. yeah this is a special parking spot reserved yeah. for musicians. Wow, and the, the council give discounts for um, attenuators for the musicians for their ears. Really? Yeah. There you go. Is it still like that now? Because, you know, it, yeah. 15 years ago, it's been... Because you know. they have uh, South, by, South by Southwest there every year. It's like the biggest music conference in America. Okay. So, yeah, it's really good. But yeah. you, you, why, why were you saying you didn't know New York? It was too busy. Too, it's just too chaotic. Yeah, it's too chaotic. I mean, also LA is busy and chaotic, but it's different because LA is spread out, you know? Mm. And also, I don't know, it's different. New York is like it's skyscrapers, you know, and everybody's are cranky, you know, everybody's <laughs> angry. It's just, they don't, everybody's on a run. In LA, everybody is like chill out, you know, it's different. I mean, they're, they're both um, huge cities, but it's, I don't know, it's a different vibe. I, I like New York too, but I'm more a, a California type of guy. So. You couldn't you ha- you couldn't live there anyway because the food is too good in Italy to leave for a very long time. You know? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, no. You well, that's one one thing. Yeah, you would miss if you if you left Italy would be the food. But I don't think I, I don't really want to go to live. You know, um, in America. I mean, you go there if you if you gotta do something. Mm. I, I I don't think I could live in in, in Los Angeles. I don't no, know. I'd love to come back to Italy for a tour. I was there once about seven years ago. Oh, you played it. Um, casino, playing a played a festival in Monte Casino. Monte Casino. Oh yeah. wow! Near Rome, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, did you do? Did you tour Italy or just that one? No, day? it's kind of a funny story. In, in in my hometown, there's a guy here, Gino, and he's in the Communist Party in yeah. Italy. And he saw us playing in the venue, and he was kind of he had a few points in him. He's like, "You got that was amazing. <laughs> w- will you come to Monte Casino and play for the Communist Party?" To for our festival and we were like festival yeah. we were like okay no problem so they we flew over and they just they treated us like rock stars for a week they gave us free food and free drink and wow. we played their festival and we just sat out in the square in casino drinking and eating for about a week like yeah <laughs> it's brilliant. that's a, the, the amazing thing about being a musician is like you know you see places that you wouldn't see otherwise you know it's just beautiful 
And where where is your favorite place to tour? Was it is it Spain? Is that where you like to? It's Spain, yeah. It's Spain and England actually. I, I like for some reason, which I still can't understand. I love touring the UK. You know, really, Even if it's cold and dodgy, but I just love it. I don't know. Just they have I good have venues though. They have very good yeah, venues. Have, it's the it's where it all comes from. You know. Yeah. You go play these venues, and it's just I don't know. Like you, like you feel my band in a in Italy and you feel my band in in England it's just different you know the footage mm. is different i don't know how to explain what, what i it's think just... about italy about england is like when you play a rock gig and the older people come to see you like people in their 70s or whatever they yeah. they were teenagers when Clapton yeah. and Hendrix were out and they were watching them and they're still watching yeah. rock yeah. music and they yeah. haven't aged yeah. in their head at all they're still they're just yes. they just love this, it like and these festivals they have you know where it, where it, everybody's like 60 70 years old you know but they just go out and party and get drunk they don't care you know no we don't have that in italy or spain you know like people after 50 or 60 they don't go out that much anymore i think the english just don't care you know it's i think that's unique in england though we don't have that here either it like is. it's they have monsters the rock and i was at it this year last year playing and it was we just went drinking with all the the older fans like yeah. they were great fun yeah they yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah. love it yeah, they, they want to buy you drinks. You know, they want to yeah. talk to you. They're really, they're really friendly. So yeah. Yeah, they don't give a shit. Like they just enjoy themselves. Can, can you can you still go now um, after Brexit? Can you still go play in the UK, or it's going to be hard for you guys also? Uh, they still haven't figured that out. We're supposed to go there in April for for a tour. If if but they haven't figured out the whole Brexit thing yet. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very complicated issue. There, but oh, yeah, it's not going to help anybody. No, it's going to be weird selling merch and stuff because you're going to a different technically you're not in the eu anymore yeah so selling merchandise and stuff i don't know how that's even going to work like <laughs> I, well, I don't got, it'll hurt my brain thinking about it yeah well you don't want to be the one that finds out you know it's better to leave somebody else to go yeah. tour well, first on that, yeah. you're in italy and i'm in ireland so it'll be exactly the same for you as for yeah. me probably how stupid is that like you know come on yeah, but whatever. Is it, it is are you going to go there with Doberman? Well, next year if the gigs are back, like, and you're allowed to go. We have to. We have a few actually, a few gigs booked already for March, but I don't know if if they're going to happen because you know I, at the moment nobody's is of course nobody's booking dates because they don't even know if they're playing. You know, if they're still open in two weeks. So I don't know. I mean, we're we're really we're happy to go to England anytime, but we have to see if it's still feasible. You know, because it might be harder and harder, but. I mean, we can't tell now, so we had to wait and, you know, roll with the punches, see how we go. Yeah, and Germany, you probably head back to Germany as well. Yeah, well, Germany, Germany, Switzerland, yeah, we have, like, we play, like, steadily there, so Spain, you know, France, we have our places, you know, so we're, we're planning to go back on tour after the album is out next year, but at the moment, we can't really make plans, so it's kind of stuck in limbo, you know. <laughs> Three men in one van again. Three men in one van, yeah. <laughs> what are you driving? Sorry? What do you drive? What, what, what van? van? It's yeah. like a, um, it's an Opel. It's like a Vauxhall, you know, Vivaro. And are you the driver? We all drive. We all oh, share yeah. the driving. We all, you know, um, it depends. But yeah, we, we all drive. That's nobody, killer though. Nobody's spared, you know, nobody can escape <laughs> the duty. It's like, it's like, it's like the, the army, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it is tough though to drive uh, for like so long and then play a gig like that. Well, it is, but you get used to it. Like mm. you don't really. 
I don't, I don't really mind. Actually, a lot of, of gigs, like some, some of the best festivals we play, you know, either with Adam or with Doberman, we just arrived there after driving all night, after playing another gig the night before, you know. But when you get on stage, just the adrenaline kicks in and you just boom, you know. Yeah. You just forget about everything. You're not tired anymore. Just your voice come magically back in shape. I don't know. <laughs> well, you're you're probably indestructible after all those crazy atom bomb tours. <laughs> well, yeah, that was like a good, you know, a good training uh, training session. So yeah, yeah. you paid your dues. Uh, you I did. Ha- <laughs> I definitely did. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, uh, you put up a cool um, playlist on Spotify there a few weeks ago, and you yeah. actually had some Daft Punk and stuff, and oh yeah, uh, lots yeah. of other influences, not just rock music. Oh yeah, I love I I always love electronic music, you know, dance music. So Daft Punk, The Prodigy, Chemical Brothers, you know, the, among, amongst my favorite bands. Especially, you know, after my you know my after starting to understand music, you know, I went back and now I understand all these magic bass lines, you know, that mm. I couldn't really understand before. So, especially as a bass player, there's a lot in in uh, dance music and especially modern pop music. Yeah. Like, like Dua Lipa, I mean, she's she's an amazing singer, but like the guy writing the songs, writing that you know these bass lines, yeah. it's just I mean, it's unbelievable. You know? It is unbelievable. I've yeah, I've been trying to learn a lot of those grooves during yeah. the last few months, and they're hard. They're really they're hard, hard to play. They're hard to do. Or Bruno Mars, there's another yeah. guy that has a super cool bass player. You know, there's a lot of of good. I think modern music has a lot. Also, this all this trap music, you know, is a lot about bass frequency. Yeah. You know. Like when you hear the modern song compared to a song from the 80s, 90s, or 2000s, it, there's a lot of more bass frequencies, even yeah. if they don't have an actual bass, you know. Yeah, 505 yeah. or something. Yeah, exactly. It's 808, I think. 808. Oh, yeah, 808. Yeah, yeah. The, the frequency, yeah. Yeah, the Roland, yeah. The Roland yeah. drum machine. Doom, exactly. Doom. Yeah, yeah. The, they have like really boomy bass. So it's a very interesting thing about modern pop, which I do like. Cool. And do you, you work on your bass kind of craft a lot, do you? Is it mainly true listening to, not like learning solos and stuff, but kind of listening to grooves and transcribing yeah, I, them? Yes. I'm not, I never was a solo guy. I can't really shred or, you know, I'm not a flash player. I'm not a flashy player. I never was. Mm. And I don't really, you know, I'm not, the, I'm not into flashy bass playing, you know. I like flea. I like, you know, but I'm not like a solo kind of guy. So, it, for me, it's more like how the bass sits in the mix and in the actually in the actual song composition. You know, like what can you do? What 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 does the bass bring in? You know, mm. so that's I I, I, re- I normally think I don't think about bass. I think about song. You know, yeah. So it's like the bass. It's it's beautiful because you you can actually do a lot of things. You know, without getting in the way of the vocals or the guitar or whatever. You know. Well, the best way to write a bass line, a good bass line, is without the bass in your hands. Just listen to the song. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, hear yeah, it. yeah, I, yeah. I actually write a lot of, of bass lines with a with a synth, you know, with a with a MIDI, because mm. you can listen to it and you know you don't. Yeah, because when you like you say when you're playing, you maybe oh, there's this lick I want to try or yeah. this trick I really wanted to to put somewhere, you know. So yeah, that's a good a good idea to work on a bass line with a with a MIDI player. But also lately I've been finding out I was doing that solo thing myself a lot for the last few years because I was I hadn't really studied it much and I was transcribing a lot of jazz guys and stuff like that. But lately I've been deep diving into what you're saying, like grooves and how the bass fits in different songs. 
and there's just yeah. as much to get into in that side of things as trying to get into solos but i'm getting more benefit out of getting into the grooves and deep diving into different songs and stuff yeah because also it's like you as a bass player it's this kind of your job you know you're the glue between the rhythm and the melo and the melody you know mm. so i think i mean it's good to be able to do a solo i think because it's cool you know also you learn the notes and you learn a lot of stuff but i think real real bass player you know it's being able to glue the drums and the guitars or whatever or the keyboards together you know and so. i think the pick playing is come is getting more popular as well at the moment P- bass players Do playing you- with a pick like what do you do play what do you do you pick player or fingers Uh, well i only started playing with a pick in the last few years so i I wrote i wrote a few bass lines for the band that i had to play with a pick so i'd get in like 10 minutes pick practice every night (laughs) okay so it's different you know it's it's a different color you can you can have it's it's good to to you know to know them both i don't think you can really master both you probably one it's your thing and the other Mm. but yeah it's good to 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 have both options yeah, I like the. Pick. I'm a peak player. I'm a peak player. Yeah, and you're class at it. Like getting that rock. Have you tried to pick funk? You know, like Bobby Vega, that kind oh, of. Oh yeah, oh man, yeah, yeah. And that's that's just a, a different sound altogether. It is, it is. But you know, you can do, you can be a good funky player with a pick also. So yeah, you should get yourself a short scale bass. That's the only thing you're missing. What? what why? Because they just have a really unique sound, and they make your they make you write different bass lines. Really? Do they have what? They have an actual different sound. Yeah, they're kind of thumpy, kind of. Okay. And they, they all, every time I pick one up, I always just play like grooves and simpler bass lines. Okay, okay. So, there was one for sale in Ireland there recently uh, for 300 euros. It was an Epiphone Flying V yeah. short scale. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking Paul would love this bass. <laughs> <laughs> how, how many frets do they have? Uh, I think just the same as the, the norm, what was it? 19, 20. So but, how come they're shorter? shorter scale length so the the frets are closer together oh so it's just smaller so they have smaller. The, same, the same number of frets okay yeah. i thought they had like a, a okay i thought they had yeah. less yeah they don't call it a three-quarter length guitar okay like it's not exactly three they call it short scale but um they just have a really cool sound and when you pick them up you just play differently a lot of people are playing them they're becoming really popular at the moment okay okay i never tried one do you like fretless fretless basses I just have that one in the back there. It's like an old Tanglewood that I made. I took the frets out myself. You did? And, and made it into a fretless, yeah. Well, you did take the fret. Yeah. How, how, do you, how do you do that? How do you do that? Uh, like, you, now you have to... Yeah, uh, well, first to... off, just get like um, a soldering iron. You know, a, a soldering iron. Yeah. And kind of yeah. heat the frets so that the glue will melt. Oh, under wow. the And then pop them out with the pliers. Yeah. And then you just need to, well, Jack, if you do what Jacko did, you just get epoxy resin, you know, that kind of glue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you just fill the frets with that and then just kind of give them a good sanding down with the right okay. grit. And you're, it's easy. There's, there's a good few thing, things online to do it. I did a second one where I put fret liners in. So I got like um, uh, pieces of wood, like veneers of wood, you know, like it's like a millimeter tin veneer yeah, of wood yeah. and i cut them to size and I, I slotted them in where the frets used to be and then i finished it so you yeah. had a little veneer fret marker on every cool. fret cool man yeah. yeah it's fretless it's a good thing to have because you know you can do you know he has a unique sound you know 
yeah. the guy from from Aerosmith uses a lot of of mm. fretless bass, you know, and in a lot of famous songs. So also but Sting, you know. You you can use it in not the most typical way. Like if you put on some distortion and some chorus, fretless bass sounds amazing. Yeah, I never yeah. tried it. Huh? <laughs> oh, it's class with distortion. It's great. Okay, fun. okay. Do you uh, like you're... to do you like to to mess around with sounds like you? Yeah, I have a lot of pedals, but more and more I just use plugins for the different sounds. Because yeah. yeah. at the end of the day, you're just chasing sounds. You're not chasing the best pedaler. Yeah. So I just use what's on the computer a lot to get weird sounds. Yeah. And I also am a bit lazy for plugging in the pedal board. It's a bit of effort, isn't it? Plugging yeah, it in. Is. It is. I don't have. I don't have one. I don't. Even, I'm the laziest. I have no pedals, like zero. Straight into the amp. Yeah, I don't use. I don't use pedals. I never use them because it's just a mess, you know. The cable and just problems. I tried with the wah pedal a few yeah, years ago. Yeah, wah. I thought a wah would suit you. Like it would be kind of rock. I have it. I have. I have a wah pedal, but just I don't know. I, it's just too much work, and for you know one song, I don't know. I'm just lazy. I, Not I like even it, distortion, you know? like fuzz pedal. You wouldn't. No, like I, a... I just I had distortion on all the time, a little bit. You know, it's like a. <laughs> I use the the I have a uh, Galen Kruger head with distortion, so when I need it, it's there. So also because when you're singing, you know, you 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 can't really pay attention that much to what you're playing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's more an automatic thing. So less the less distractions you have, the better it is in my experience. So I and try to keep it simple. Do you kind of have to change your bass lines so that you can sing or do you just make them whatever way you want and find the singing, find where the singing will fit? Well, normally I try, it's kind of a, of a midway, you know, cause I, I can't do stuff too complicated, but I don't want to do too, simple stuff also you know mm. so i kind of had in the end i always learn it so i might not know the bass lines of the new album now but i will by the time <laughs> we're on tour so you know <laughs> some but, of sting's bass lines are crazy when you try and sing them and play them it's like yeah, doing this yeah. like rubbing your head tapping well, your head and rubbing your belly or something what yeah what i always say is like playing bass and singing is in singing as the same at the same time it's like i'm having this conversation with you you know and meanwhile i'm chatting on whatsapp with someone else about something else <laughs> at the same time yeah that's how hard it is for me you, you just it's just muscle memory you have to build muscle memory mm. it takes ages it takes like probably a hundred repetitions for me but it, yeah you know someone's gotta do it so F phil Linnett was brilliant at it he kind of yeah he, if you listen to live and dangerous or something you never would think that that guy is playing the bass because there's such yeah personality to the way he sings and the way he phrases the words the, yeah, the bass and his voice are very different. Yeah. Like what they're doing. Yeah, it's the soul of Thin Lizzy. It's like the bass and and, and the voice. It's amazing. He was an amazing bass player. Amazing, you know, simple stuff. Well done, you know. That. But uh, it's great that people are still appreciating Thin Lizzy like that. That they're. Yeah. I think they left a kind of a mark on rock music with the the dual lead guitar and. Yeah, they did. Style. They did. Yeah, they did. And also, they did. You know, they stopped. Uh, at the top of their game, you know, so it's kind of a mighty thing because you know then he died, so they they couldn't do no reunion, you know, no like <laughs> play till they're like seventy years seventy years old, you know. No. So the memory is kind of intact. So I think well, you, yeah, you didn't visit his mom. She passed away there. I think it was a two years ago. Yeah, but before yeah. she passed away, when you were in Dublin, if you called out to her house, she'd let. She would invite any Tin Lizzy fan in to the house. Really? Seriously? And she had a whole room with memorabilia 
from Philo's days in music, but she also had a cardboard cutout, a, a life-size one of Philo. Wow. So you could get a picture Man. with Philo, the cutout of Philo, his Did mom, you go? And you, no, unfortunately, I never did, but I've seen loads of people went. It's just <laughs> one of those things, you know, you keep putting off and then you put it off yeah. for too long. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, yeah, thanks a lot for coming on. You're my first uh, Italian guest. Thank you for having me, man. It was a pleasure. Like, yeah. Cool. I was reading a bit about Italian history before you came on. Well, I was waiting for you to come on. Well, about, the, about the country. Uh, well, it's kind of like a, a connection to Ireland. Like all the chippers, you know, the chip shops. Where you yeah. get like, they're all pretty much, they're all Italian in Ireland. All the good ones are Italian. What for? So, I, I thought we were good at sp making spaghetti, you know, chips. Not in Ireland. So I was reading that uh, this uh, this in an eighteen eighty, this Italian immigrant was getting the the boat to America, but he got off in Cork, and he walked to Dublin, and yeah. then he he got a load of spuds, and he thought he thought they were chestnuts, and he started frying them, and he made like <laughs> chips, and they started the first chipper. So now wow. every chipper like so most of the chippers in Ireland, their their families from near Casino. Up in the mountains there, like so. Wow, there you go. So yeah, that's a completely useless piece of information to teach. <laughs> I know what's good. I didn't know that. It's good, you know. You you always every day you learn something new. So yeah. Yeah, they, I guess they just figured like there's no point trying to sell like spaghetti to Irish people. Yeah, just, <laughs> just fry spuds, potatoes as you call them. Easier for the hangover. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I don't drink as much anymore. Like I just can't handle the hangover when you get older. I know, man. I know. It's. I will have a few over Christmas though. When I'm not, yeah. I have no work to do. Like so. Yeah. Yeah. It's just horrible, you know, because you you used to like drink, you know, ten pints, but maybe not ten, but like eight, and just go play. And the day after, you just get up, you know, and yeah. you're ready to go. And I stuff. It's, it's kind of harder, but yeah, never give up. <laughs> yeah, I got a I got a gift of a bottle of uh, whiskey in Leeds okay. a few years ago, and I drank the whole thing practically. Oh shit. On tour. Well, most of it anyway. I'm sure the drummer did, could have put a good dint in it as well. But the hangover the next day, I couldn't. I could barely. Oh, what, play. Same in one day, just the whole bottle in one day. Oh, yeah, man. I could barely. I couldn't play the next day. I could barely course, yeah. stand up. Like yeah, you, like your hands are shaking. You can't can't hold the bass. It's just no. I'm more of a wine kind of guy. Really? But yeah, it's like yeah. But the hangovers are like just you know unbearable. So Doberman should have signature beer like some <laughs> we're we're more wine wine oh, really? guys so yeah we should get like our, oh the italian our, wine is amazing yes yeah, yeah, it, it is well you can get good wine pretty much everywhere but you know yeah italian wines are spanish wines are really good also yeah, you know, they, oh, they, uh, yeah portuguese the white wine when we were on tour in portugal the white wine was amazing you know what portugal is the only country in europe where i haven't played i was never able to book a gig where did you play uh we just played in like uh, some club it, it was like run like by a bunch of musicians um it was okay but they don't ha they don't have a lot of money in portugal so it's it's a long way to go for those shows yeah. you know yeah from yeah. spain so they don't have as strong a scene as they do in spain even though they're you know connected to each other do you is this your, you you guys you're just musicians or you have day jobs uh, well i teach like i teach guitar and i do a bunch oh. of uh stuff with zoom i'm doing like songwriting workshops at the moment for like really the local council so tomorrow morning i'm teaching kids how to write a christmas song and then tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> you know and then tomorrow evening i'm teaching two rock bands how to write rock songs so one song wow. sounds like acdc and the other song sounds like evanescence yeah 
So they they do they do they send you demos and you actually help them out? Um, no. So the first week we we did like a a story like a an idea board. You know, like yeah, they all we we plotted all the ideas for lyrics on a board, and then the whole band were on Zoom. So the guitar, I said to the, does anyone have any ideas? And the the keyboard player had like three or four minor chords, and that was it. That's yeah. the start of a song, and then they all start contributing ideas. And then the singer comes up with a melody over the chords. And then I make a demo on GarageBand during the week of their ideas, like with the drum. Really? I do all the instruments and email it so to you. So actually, you're producing the, the band? Yeah. Uh, so wow. Uh, myself and the drummer from the band. So we'll make, we made the GarageBand demo. So they'll listen to that all week. And then they'll bring their work for the next week. So it's, it's like band practice, but yeah, they're only like 10 to 10 and 12. Like. Oh, they're, they're like kids. Oh, they're, yeah, kids. they're kids. Oh, they're okay. like ten and twelve. Oh, wow, cool, man. Do, do you can you do it? Does it feel like good to do it on Zoom? Because it be I think be it's better. Weird. I think you it's think better. Because how could you control seven kids in a room with instruments? Oh, man, yeah. Please, it, it, yeah. It's, shut up. <laughs> yeah, shut up. Ch guitars, noodling. Do, do, yeah, do, do. The time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Actually, yeah. But um, we'll meet up once the song is nearly finished, which it is. We'll meet in person when it's finished, like. But until to get to the, it has like most of the ideas in it now. Like, you, you have you ever thought of doing something like that yourself? Like you'd be, well, I suppose you need the opportunity. Like, well, I think I think I could do it because I kind of you know I also compose electronic music. Like I I write music all the time, you know. So it's not just Doberman. I do a lot of mm. I have a lot of demos and and stuff like do for you know so i think i could do it but i never really yeah as you say you probably need like an opportunity or well like you said somebody. i'm not experienced enough to teach but you're 100 experienced yeah from touring and writing songs yeah that i could out. do like yeah yeah that i could i could like you know had somebody out i mean because i see myself younger you know the, not to do the same mistakes i used to do you know yeah. that's one thing that you can you, that i could do yeah i can't teach music but that's something i could do maybe i will someday you know i'd like to have a studio like this is not a real studio you know i have like a computer you know yeah but I'd, I'd like someday to have like an actual you know an actual studio so yeah you know you never know but i think you, you're doing really well with your channel i mean i, I oh, see it, you just started but you do like you're really professional you do very interesting stuff thanks i only so, started um, in um july the YouTube channel, so yeah. yeah. A few so six, why did you did you start? Because you wanted to. It was lockdown. I mean, wanted... It was lockdown, and I had no. I was oh. just thinking, I have to do something, you know. And I've always wanted to do the YouTube, but I didn't think the quality would be good enough. So I bought like a good camera, and yeah, I was I was putting. I was, I should have started though, because the webcam I had w would have been good enough to start on YouTube. I shouldn't have waited till I had the good camera. That's one yeah. mistake I made. Yeah. Like yeah because it also like when i make stuff you know the first advice i would give to a new youtuber is like lower the bar you know because yeah. people don't care people don't know they don't give you shit you know you always think you're not good enough but you are you know that's yeah. that's it because you see a lot of stuff that people don't see you know exactly like yeah i, I was kick, kicking my ass for the first few videos I, yeah. I literally would spend a week making them about seven or eight hours a day yeah, yeah that's would, it it was crazy. Like I was finding every fault with it and fixing every little hiccup in the base. But yeah, I'll never. But it, be, it becomes easier then, you know. Because also, also me. Like now, I started doing talking videos. I never, I never made talking videos because, you know, I I'm afraid people, you know, will will laugh at me because of my accent. So you know. Yeah. 
Oh my god! But you I have forgot. To... I forgot the, the other famous Italian YouTuber, <laughs> Davy Five Hundred Four. Oh, Davy, Davy, man! <laughs> You've never he's... met him, no? No, I never met. But he's amazing. Like I've I've been following him for a long time. He's just mm. he's a great bass player. First of yeah, all, he's fantastic, he and he's so funny. I mean, he's what he's doing. He's making the bass popular. Yeah, you know, among among kids, kids, you know, mm. so. And they get used to listen to the bass because most people don't even know what a bass is. You That's know? so true, though. They, I have student, guitar students. They come in to me to learn some guitar and they see my bass in the corner and they're all saying, <laughs> I want to learn the bass because I was watching Davey. They're, I'm serious. Yeah, there you go. There you go. It's amazing. And also the, this girl you, you posted yesterday. Oh, Julia plays Julia. Groove. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Love that style. Yeah, she's just with this like really blank face you know <laughs> she just nailed it all the time and just come on she's yeah well, i was trying to explain to people like that this what she's doing is just as hard as playing a solo that's yeah. what i was tr- kind of trying to explain to people yeah it's just but people awesome. don't know people don't even uh um realize the bass frequencies you know they just people hear the vocals and the guitar that's it yeah and the snare so yeah, I was the same when I when I was a teenager. I didn't know what a bass was for a while. Then, yeah. Then you. Yeah, you, you want to be Slash, you know. You want to yeah. be Axl Rose. But then you, you realize you'll always get into a band if you play the bass because they never have enough bass players in any town. Like so. Yeah. <laughs> Especially good ones. There's not many good ones. No, no. Solid. Be solid on the bass. Solid, that's, exactly. That's where it's at. But we might meet on tour sometime. Hopefully, if you're over yeah, in UK, so. like on. Yeah. Um, a tour or something so how was the camino you didn't oh yeah that was great i loved it um which, I went, which one did you do uh that's a good question <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't actually know uh, much about the camino like uh, i knew like it was the, the walking holiday but i didn't do any research so i ended up booking a flight to um santander and walking to bilbao which is backwards yeah so i walked backwards for 10 the, days yeah the Camino del Norte yeah, that's yeah the Camino idea. del Norte but I walk backwards <laughs> so did you actually meet people uh, yeah. the other way say man where the fuck are you going you know, it's the other every way. day and every, every conversation <laughs> you're going the wrong way I know I know it's okay <laughs> so you did from Santander to Bilbao yeah okay how long is, how long did it take I think it took seven days and then I, okay. the, I I took two days off the end to just hang out in Bilbao because I know people yeah. there from playing shows. Okay. So where did you play in Bilbao? What venue? Bukowski? Uh, Sala Bukowski? Le Cafe Noob. You know it's Oh Anube, okay. Oh Nube. And I went into the cafe and they're like they were looking at the posters on this I was in the posters from an oh, old game. Yeah. And they're like, What? Double take. <laughs> <laughs> they gave me free drink for the whole night. Like really? I, could, I couldn't pay I was like, Come on, I can't drink free all night. And they were like, No, it's fine. <laughs> did you go alone on your own? I was on my own, yeah, on the Camino. But that's how you make how you do the Camino on your own. What about you? When did you go, and where did you go? Oh, uh, I did the whole thing. I left from San Sebastian, and I went till uh, Santiago. So it took me like a month. But yeah, August. Awesome. Brilliant. Yeah. Oh yeah. Also, this year we we made it like 2020. Everybody told me that it's like the best year ever because there was no people, you know. Was it not scary being in the hostels with? Because they're. They're they're very close, aren't they? The hostels and they're not the cleanest in the world. They... No, they are. They actually are. For, really? I've been yeah. Every place I've been to, it was clean. Maybe one or two, but you know, over the whole thing, like I say, every place was clean and really. No, it was cool. I never had a problem with the hostels. Yeah, I'm thinking. Actually, of, I enjoyed I, it. 
I'm going to do the full one. So you did the full the full length of the Del Norte yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. The Norte, it, and it's it's kind of harder. It's more difficult because there's a lot of up and downs, as you mm. know. But it's like very rewarding, especially the the second part from Oviedo to, to uh, until Santiago. It's like yeah. beautiful. Camino yeah. Primitivo, amazing, man. Just do it if you had a chance. Did to you it. train for... I didn't train much. I just walked for a few hours for a few weeks. and. <laughs> I didn't really train, but I kind of got, I like hiking in the mountains. I live next to the mountains. So I did go, you know, I play pretty much every Sunday, every weekend I go, I go hiking. So I'm kind of trained, you know? Mm. Yeah. Did you stay in that, um, El Barge? How do you say it? The, not the hostel, the El Barge. Is that Albergue, is that Albergue, Albergue. Albergue. Did you stay in the one up in the mountains run by a priest? And yes, I did. It's free, everything is free, which is not yes. the reason why it's awesome. It's awesome because it's like in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And this this cool priest runs it. And he brings... Yeah. He, he, he Ernesto, Ernesto, it's his name, yeah? Yeah, that was Ernesto. an amazing experience. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You meet the, the, the coolest people. I mean, it's it's. I think it's a life-changing experience mm. for me. It was like, you know, really... I don't know. I, I came back. I felt changed. You know, much calmer. I, it, I felt like it was like on a drug. You know, when you when you get to the eighth hour of a walk. Yeah, it you is. You just it get is. hit with this like. It is. You're in the zone or something. Yeah. You, At four exactly hours, right. you're in pain. At eight hours, you've never felt better in your life. There you go. Yeah. And then it's like when you finish, when you get to Santiago, say, "Oh no, seriously, man. What what, what do I do tomorrow? You know, what the fuck do I do? I don't want to go back to the real world. I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back. You're like yeah. Forrest Gump. You just want to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was cool. Like a good experience, man. Like beautiful. Brilliant. Well, have a nice evening and um. Thanks for having me, man. <laughs>